Hello everyone, you are listening to WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Rowley. We are a student-run organization over here at NC State. I am Kiva Wilson, and this is Off the Record. Hello everyone, today I'm here with um, David Cook, who is a rock singer-songwriter performing at Packapalooza in a few days. Thank you for coming to interview with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so... Um, first of all, I'm going to take it back just a few years. Okay. Um, you made a band in high school called Axiom. Just a few years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you learn from um, your first band that you carried on into your later career endeavors? Um, really just that I, I, I think the big lesson I took from that band was, was that you can't, uh, you can't really hide on a stage, which, you know, why would you want to hide if you're getting on a stage? But uh, yeah, just to, you know, if, if, if I can't go on stage and believe in what I'm doing, then it's pretty hard to expect anybody else to do that in the audience. So um, that is certainly a lesson I've, I've had to relearn over and over again. Hmm. So kind of getting over that, that fear of being on stage, how, how did you do that? Uh, you know, I got over stage fright, um, just from repetition. You know, I, th I think, uh, I, I still get, I had this conversation the other day with somebody. I still get, uh, I get antsy. I, I sort of get like the butterflies in the stomach, I, but I don't know if it's nerves exactly now. Like I feel confident that I feel confident in what I'm doing, uh, or what I'm getting ready to do, but there's always the, uh, that anxiety about the unknown. Like if, you know, something outside of your control goes wrong, like a, a drum cymbal falls over or mm -hmm. a mic stops working or whatever. Um, those things that that can really abrupt you, shake you out of the pocket, and and then you kind of got to scramble to keep the show, mm. you know, uh, keep the show's forward momentum, I guess. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing that makes me more uncomfortable than to watch a performer or a band find themselves in that position and not be able to navigate it successfully. So that's probably like, I guess I just told you what my biggest fear was. <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. Um, speaking of being nervous, you must have been very nervous doing American Idol. Um, I'm assuming a lot of our listeners have watched the show and love it. And I do as well. Thank you. Um, can you kind of talk about the like the the background experience of like getting on the show and going through those kind of steps before you even like touch the stage and get on TV all the way to to winning? Sure. Um, so I uh, I had not in I had no intention of auditioning when I went to Omaha for the auditions. Uh, my little brother Andrew had wanted to audition for a while, and I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, you know, kind of doing some solo stuff, playing in a different band, bartending. Um, and uh, yeah, it's sort of, it's just sort of happened. Like I got talked into it while we were standing in line to register. I didn't really have any time to overthink it, which I'm pretty good at doing. Um, and uh, yeah, it just sort of snowballed. And it really, it really wasn't until um, what they call uh they call it, I forget what they call it now, but like they, at the time they called it green mile where it's like, you've gone through Hollywood week, you've made it to the top, whatever's left. And then they're out of that group. They're going to pick the top 
20 or 24 to go on the show. So uh, that was probably the first time when it was just like, oh, this is, this is real. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then I think by that point, like you kind of have to compartmentalize your anxiety, um, mm -hmm. which is not always the healthiest thing to do, but um, yeah, it was just like, okay, well, I can't, I can't bail on it now. So mm -hmm. I kind of have to just, ride the anxiety out and whatever happens happens. So, um, yeah, I think it was just, I was really fortunate though. I did have, I had some experience, you know, what we talked about earlier with bands and stuff before this to where I kind of knew where I sat, um, on the musical spectrum. So I, I don't feel, I don't feel like I lacked the, the knowledge of myself, to where like I would have misrepresented what I wanted to do post idol. Um, mm. So I was thankful for that. And um, I just sort of kind of leaned on that as best I could and held on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about your latest single, um, Tabos, which I mm -hmm. found really interesting. Um, I just really like the kind of soundscape of, that song, I think the the cover matches it really well. Thank you. Um, when you kind of go into creating a theme or a motif for mm -hmm. a song, especially if it's not going to be an album, kind of its own like solo thing. What it, what kind of your goal there? Um, I, I'm I I I went to college and got a graphic design degree, so I I do tend to think uh, of songs uh in a visual medium a little bit and um so I, I think anybody that like parses my lyrics like my I, I use a lot of imagery a lot of imagery um and so I sort of had kind of a rough idea in my head of like what the what I wanted the the, the cover to convey the song itself is just talking about like um I'd watch this this sort of actors roundtable interview uh, and Tom Hanks was one of the actors on it. And he had talked about this lesson that he had learned about, you know, uh, about how to just not live on the extremes of like emotion. And, and, you know, if, if something great is happening, you know, just, just wait a minute. If something terrible is happening, just wait a minute. And, um, and so Tabo stands for this will all be over soon. Um, and, and for me, what that song represents is just this idea, like, you know, everything is going to be okay. Just like ride the wave out as best you can. And, and, or the inverse is like, um, you know, everything feels really good right now, you mm -hmm. know, try not to get too up because it'll all be over soon. Um, but then when I finished the song, it kind of felt the music uh, sort of conveyed this like uh, isolation sort of vibe to me. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I came across that image of like an astronaut standing middle of a space rock somewhere just all alone and um the 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 image sort of like really drove the point home for me of like that isolation and um yeah so just it, it felt like the perfect image for this yeah i kind of want to ask more about what you talked about kind of the highs and lows i feel like that's very common in the music career people having hits yeah. and then maybe something else happens and they're not as popular as they used to be then they go back to having another hit sure how do you kind of like 
manage your kind of like expectations of like your career? Um, I mean, my expectations have never really shifted to be completely truthful. I mean, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you can have like an individual goal, maybe change, but I think the consistent through line for me has always just been, I want to put out stuff that I'm proud of and I want to enjoy this process and I want to enjoy the aspects of this job. Like, um, yeah, cause they're not for everybody. Uh, the mm. idea of going on the road for a long time and particularly now, you know, it was easier to like say yes to going on the road for a year when I was single and mm. 25, uh, and now at 40 and you know, I'm married and have kind of a setup here at home and it's a little harder to leave. So, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, you gotta really love this gig. I think first and foremost, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but, uh, it, it's, yeah. Does that answer your question? Sorry, I can go off on a tangent on that one. <laughs> no, it does. I think a lot of people just kind of glamorize what it's like to be a musician and only see the highs of it. Listen, this this gig is uh, is better than most. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to sound jaded or, or bitchy or anything. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, I mean, any job you have, there's going to be things about it you don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the, I, I, uh, I have slept on more uncomfortable surfaces than i you know like i'm somebody who enjoys his sleep in fact i we we did a, a little weekend run last weekend and uh i ended up having to sleep on like a like a, a van bench mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's fine if you're in your 20s and you can recover pretty quickly and then all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. like get a little older your back starts to hurt all the time <laughs> <laughs> um I kind of also wanted to ask about um, one of my favorite songs of yours, Red Turns Blue. Yeah. Um, so you've talked about in the past how it's kind of about anxiety, and I know you've been diagnosed semi-recently with anxiety disorder. Yes. I, am, I, th- I think a lot of musicians are starting to talk about and open up about their mental health struggles. Why do you think that's so important within the music industry? I think, I mean, listen, sunlight is the best disinfectant in general. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the people who came before me that felt open enough to talk about it because it opened that door a little bit more to where I felt mm-hmm. comfortable walking through it. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think back, like even at like 25 when I was on idol and the level of access to the rest of the world that you had at that point, like, you know, was daunting. And then you think about it now. And I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to turn the world off sometimes. And I think there's a healthy aspect to being able to kind of, okay, I'm home now and I'm not around X, Y, or Z and I can sort of turn it all off. And I don't know that that exists fully anymore. Um, and for all the great things that come with being able to, um, uh, connect and, and exist in a, in a communal space with people all over the world, all, all, all at once, um, there are definitive downsides. And so, um, you know, my anxiety sort of stemmed from the fact that all of a sudden it was, you know, after 25 years of being taught and, and raised to, to live life a certain way, and this is what the world will be for you. And, and then, um, you know, uh, by a sheer stroke of luck, I was also then forced to kind of rewire on the fly. 
Um, and it's, it's not the easiest transition in the world. Um, I still struggle with it sometimes, like the idea, like, you know, people having an opinion about the color of my hair or the length of my beard or, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it just got to the point where I felt like, all right, if I'm going to, if I'm going to keep doing this, if I'm going to keep being a musician and keep performing, I kind of have to, uh, take some of the onion layers away and, and be a little bit more vulnerable. And so that's, that was sort of the crux for putting that song out. And, uh, the response was, uh, was heartening. I was, I was a little nervous. I, I was more, a little more nervous for that song release than, than any other one that I can recall. Yeah, I think it was a great thing because I remember you talking about how progressing as a musician is so key into enjoying what you do. And yeah. you said, I'm pretty sure you said you would stop making music if one of your albums sounded exactly like your last one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's still true. That's still true. I, you know, I, I, I think any musician would tell you that. I, I truly believe that because it's it's part of the joy of this gig uh, is is the creation aspect. It's like I get to put something out in the world that didn't exist prior, and mm-hmm. and uh, I get to let that hopefully be you know my legacy and so much that I care about a legacy. So. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, and then I listened back to songs that I did, like when I was a teenager and it's like, God, that's not great. You know, but then at the time, <laughs> when you're putting that stuff out, you're like, Oh, this is, yeah. oh, I love this song. This is so indicative of who I am and what I stand for. And, um, I think it's fun to go back and look at that stuff and find, a, like, find those narratives and how they progressed and how they changed. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I feel like if I started just kind of living in this lane, you know, forever as a as a as a creative person, I I, I don't think I'd find any joy in it. To be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um. So, how do you kind of push your artistic palette to be able to create new things? Like, what do you? How do you kind of refuel your creative bucket? I think honestly, as I get older. Um, some of those things just happen naturally. Um, I, I think with time, uh, you become a little less rigid in your opinions. Uh, you know, there's, there's music I listen to now that I know a, I would never have admitted to at 25 or, or 20, um, mm-hmm. certainly wouldn't have given it the option. Like I wouldn't have given myself the option. And so I, as I've gotten older, I've kind of just, gotten over myself and gotten out of the way and allowed my peripherals to open up and it opens you up to, 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 um, more influences, more inspiration. Um, and and so that's kind of really been the way I've attacked sort of like expanding my palette to, to use your phrase, which I like, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's acknowledging that like, okay, I might exist here, but that doesn't mean that something way over here or something way over here can't, influence this and maybe send it in a in a slightly different direction that mm-hmm. that interests both me and hopefully the people listening to it okay um so where you perform you, you will be a pack of palooza it will of course be a bunch of college students who have may or may not have heard of you sure how do you kind of go into controlling a crowd and making sure that your audience engages with you 
Oh man. I mean, that's the million dollar question. If I, if I knew the answer to that, if I had the formula where I could do that a hundred percent of the time, every time <laughs> like I, <laughs> I'd be, welfare. uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's about, you know, my job as a performer, uh, is, is to create, um, you know, a cathartic experience that, that only, I mean, I say only us, but now with the advent of like live streams and stuff, that sort of opens it up a little bit. Um, mm. But to just create, you know, a, a, an energy and a vibe that people can tune into and and hopefully walk away with with something. So um, those have been my favorite concerts to to attend as a, as a listener is when I I feel like oh this experience is something that is happening in this room mm. tonight and then never again. Um, and so, yeah, that's always sort of the goal. Um, I'm excited to come out there. I, it's been a minute since uh, we've gotten to perform in Raleigh. And um, so to get to come back and I, I've already been told uh, not to wear any shade of blue. So I'm, yeah, uh, I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> and uh, and then somebody was telling me about, uh, oh God, I, I forget the name of it now, but you like, there's like a milk processing plant, like the, the ice cream thing. What's the ice cream thing? Howling Cow. I've been told I have to do that, so it is. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, I'm wearing black to kind of because it's slimming, but I, I'm not a I'm not a stranger to ice cream. Let's just be honest. So. <laughs> um, so you kind of talked before how you kind of look past, look back on past songs and mm -hmm. kind of wonder where your head was at at the time. I kind of. <laughs> So kind of performing. I asked myself that question that exact way, but not as nicely as you just put it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you perform older songs that are what fifteen years old, mm. how, how, what's kind of your mental? Is it like you're just going through the motions, or can you still find something to love about music that's that you wrote that long ago? I mean, it sort of just goes back to what my job is. Like my my job when I'm writing songs is to write songs. My job when I'm performing songs is to perform songs. So. Um, they're, you know, they're very, they're, they're different exercises, you know, they're different, mm -hmm. uh, you're using different muscles. Uh, so when I'm performing, uh, and this is a lesson I actually picked up on idol is my job is to tell the story of that song and to uh, emote whatever that song is trying to emote. So it, it's, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm singing a sad song, my job's not to dance around. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so. Well, no, it's not. Uh, so I, my focus when we're doing the shows is to is to really try to tune into what the song and the lyrics are trying to say and to emote those accurately, as accurately as I can. Um, and so in that way, it's sort of like, I, I don't want to say acting because that almost implies that it's insincere because um, it does all come from a very sincere place. Um, but you are sort of embodying the character of that song if that makes any sense so um which is not something i necessarily am wrapping my head around in the writing process mm -hmm. so keeping that in mind how do you kind of come up with a set list um i mean that's a good question because there's always every show can be a little different and so in that way, it's, it's, it's this balancing act of like, 
catering the set list to whatever vibe you're walking, you think you're walking mm -hmm. into, um, but also not doing that to such a degree that you're just sort of pandering to the audience, I guess. Yeah. Um, we, we try to keep an honest balance of, of, you know, energy and tempo uh, and then finding those, you know, little moments in the set list where you can throw in maybe something a little slower or just a different mm. vibe. And, um, I guess the easy way to say that would be like, you know, try to find spots for ballads. Um, but yeah, we want, I mean, I want our shows to be fun. You know, I don't want them to feel like an hour and a half of, of uh, sad power ballads, you know what I mean? <laughs> That doesn't sound fun for anybody. <laughs> um, so you've been all around the world um, during your tours. Um, what has been your favorite venue that you've performed at for the oh, years? Oh, man. Um, great question. Uh, I did get to perform at Carnegie Hall. Okay. Um, to perform as a surprise guest for then I want to say then she was Secretary of State Clinton Hil Hillary Clinton oh okay um, she was a big Idol fan and voted for me mm -hmm. so thanks Hillary um, that was pretty rad um, I got to do a show with uh, with my Idol mate uh, David Archuleta we performed in the Philippines to a hundred and it was like 115,000 people. Mm. Uh, and then my next show was in like Ohio a week later for like 800. <laughs> uh, and then more recently, uh, Chris Allen, uh, the guy who won the season after mine, um, we went and did a, like a two and a half week, like acoustic tour around Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a blast. Uh, I had like three days off in London and, you know, got to, uh, I got to eat a scotch egg for the first. I I understand that none of this is really in reference to your question. I'm just I'm bragging that I got to eat a scotch egg, which nobody's ever. No, had. go ahead. That sounds like a, a crazy it, brag. It's it's weird to brag about having eaten like British food, but it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of what you talked about you going from um a huge stadium to a smaller venue. Do you have a preference for which one you'd rather perform at? Man, this is going to sound like riding the fence. There, there are pros and cons to both. There really are. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's easier. Um, it's easier to find a pocket with a larger crowd, but harder to connect mm. with a larger crowd. Um, it, yeah, I, I I think that's probably the most concise way I can put it. Like you know, you get you get in a in a, in a room with a you know, eight hundred people, five hundred people, whatever the number is. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's uh, it's easier to I, I guess to feel like once you found the pocket, which takes a little longer, it's easier to kind of find a way to um, make those individual connections throughout the audience and um, yeah. Now, if I had Taylor Swift's budget and Taylor Swift's show production, that's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of relate to that because um, whenever I want to see an artist who is really huge and showing it at Arena, I kind of mm -hmm. pause and, like, I feel like 
staring at them when they're they're so far away <laughs> that they're literally an ant. Like, is it even worth going at that point? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, and there's listen. There's uh, you know there's artists that have and, and production staffs that have figured out ways around that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Pink is really good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's figured out a way through and primarily through the uh, the flying through the air stuff, which Godspeed to her. I'm not doing it anytime. <laughs> uh, I feel like that helps. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not a static like here's the stage. Yeah. That's where they'll be, and everybody else is kind of wherever else. She almost kind of brings the show to you that way, which is mm. interesting and, and really cool. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna stop promoting other artist shows now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so you've been in the music industry for a while now, and I'm sure you've met plenty of people. Do you have any meetings that still kind of like you kind of fangirl when you kind of think about looking back at it? I love that. I just said I was going to not promote other people's shows. And then that was the next question. That's so, <laughs> uh, no, I, um, I, I, I got to meet Springsteen, uh, when he, okay. uh, I forget how long ago it was, but there was when they were closing down the old Meadowlands in New York. Um, and I got to go to one of those shows. Uh, and that was transcendent. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, past that, uh, I still, I still brag. Sometimes Adam Sandler said hi to me at the teen choice awards. Okay. <laughs> um, and then athletes, man, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports fan. So, uh, I, I I don't usually geek out with musicians and actors nearly as much as I do with athletes, because yeah, I, I I growing up like all I wanted to do was be a baseball player. So um, instead, you know, I get to do this, which isn't too bad. Did you have a favorite team? I'm a Royals fan. Oh, okay, Just a little. Uh, I actually I worked for the Royals when I was in high school and college. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you try again? Oh, sorry about that. Siri was listening. You're good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Royals and Chiefs and Boston Celtics. And uh, I recently just randomly picked a, a hockey team. I'm a Seattle Kraken guy. So I know none of those are Carolina based teams. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. No obligation. You're good. <laughs> Um, but I will say, and this is not at all pandering. It is entirely pandering. If it's not Mizzou, which I root for Mizzou, I okay. NC State's my number two. Okay. Top three. You can't. You can't prove I'm lying about that. So yeah. <laughs> um. So after a long practice or a performance, and you're starving after, what was kind of like a go-to restaurant food for you? See, now you're just going to get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> okay, so if I'm eating after a show, which isn't a given, mm-hmm. um, I do like a good Waffle House. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, if not that, there is a, and I don't know if they're that far east because they just came here to Nashville. Uh, there's a, a kind of a regional gas station chain called Quick Trip. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's the is? Do you guys have Wawa's or Sheets? We have Sheets. Okay, so Quick Trip is like Sheets, but more like Midwest region. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll make a good Quick Trip run, or Sheets or Wawa's for that matter. Mm-hmm. They're both. They're all pretty good. But I'm not like I'm not like rocking like a filet mignon at four in the morning. <laughs> um. So you've been under a label and also been independent. Mm-hmm. Um, what are kind of the pros and cons of those two? I mean, it's it's resources versus creative freedom. You know? mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I, I really enjoy having creative freedom. I really do. Uh, that was always really, really important to me. And mm-hmm. um, But, you know, there was certainly uh, more resources. You know, so it's it's uh, it's a give and a take for any artist, and I and I think, um, I think now, uh, it, it's it's easier for somebody to listen to your music and harder to be heard. I, I think. Mm, I agree. That's to me sort of like, uh, you know. Uh, a label can help you be easier to 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 be listened to, but it it, it ultimately becomes harder to to be heard. Um, uh, and and as and as a as an independent musician, I feel like you can kind of dictate that a little bit more, um, but at the at the cost of you know having that uh, that platform underneath to to kind of push your to your stuff out mm-hmm. to more listeners. So. Um, yeah, I think I you kind of brought it. I don't know. I was just saying, I don't know that one's better than the other. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want you to pick or choose one. I was just curious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I, I think that's also why labels are kind of finding themselves in a weird spot right now, because artists who are really underground aren't big enough to have a label behind them, and label wouldn't get behind them because they're too small. But once they have that hit, through social media, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, then they don't really need a label to get recognition anymore because they gotten that on their own. It's it's, so it's um, like I don't know that the, the labels are as much of a gatekeeper as they used to be, and I don't mean that term derogatorily mm-hmm. or anything. Um, yeah, I, I, I think to your point, it's it's you can navigate this for yourself way easier than you used to it's a lot of work um and and ultimately it's what balance do you want to have for yourself for like the business versus the creative um because the more you take on yourself from the business side of course that means less time to devote to the creative and 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 ultimately it's you know which uh you know, it's a uh, chicken or the egg thing at that point, like which comes first. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's there's more of an avenue to do it yourself. It's just a matter of what your preference is and what works best for you and your your business, I guess. Yeah, I kind of wanted to ask about how you go about balancing your life between your music and your other daily responsibilities. You kind of have a schedule you set for yourself to work on music. Like this is what I'm doing today or. That would be way smarter. Um, 
<laughs> uh, it's it, it's a constant give and take. Um, you know, I'll go through periods where, like like this month, I've been really really busy, and my schedule the second half of this year is way busier than the first half was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first half was more like you know getting all my ducks in a row to do the second half of the year, as well as being more present here at home and um, you know so like. Uh, we'll leave tomorrow for Raleigh, but today I went to Home Depot mm-hmm. and had to buy a new thermostat for our attic. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, whether or not I try to find the balance, I figure I, I have figured out at this age that the balance just sort of finds me, whatever it's going to be. Mm. Okay, so you um, were raised in Blue Springs, Missouri, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming a lot of our listeners, including me, have not have never been there. <laughs> I don't know. It is a pretty big tourist mecca. So, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's funny. Um, if you were to take us all on a tour, what are some stops that we need to to go to to kind of get the full oh experience? God. You know what's funny? In 15 years, I have never been asked that question. I love that question. Um, <laughs> things to do in Blue Springs. Um. All right, so here's what we, uh, I'll, I'll try to take you through the day. Um, okay. So we would start, there's a there's a place in town called the Big Biscuit, and it's like a, like a local regional chain kind of thing mm-hmm. um, for breakfast. Um, assuming uh, sports are in season, like the schools are in session, all that stuff, and it's not the summer, probably go to uh, uh, some sort of Blue Spring South High School Jaguar sporting event. Um, that would be in the evening though. So I don't know what we would do during the day. Probably, probably go back to sleep after breakfast. Uh, (laughs) It's just what I used to do. Um, lunch, we'll hit some quick trip. Why Mm -hmm. not? Okay. Um, God, my, my, my brother and my, my mom still live in, uh, in, in the Kansas city area, like not far from blue Springs. Mm -hmm. They're going to hate this list that I'm putting together. (laughs) Um, and then let's see, what would we do for dinner in blue Springs? Um, trying to think there are, uh, man, are there any, like, no, Betty's is closed. So there was this place, uh, called Betty's family dining that when mm-hmm. I was in high school, we used to skip homeroom and go eat there during school. Um, I think the statute of limitations has passed, so I think I'm good mm-hmm. there. But they're not open anymore. So uh, man, probably we'd probably have to leave Blue Springs and like go into the city or something for dinner. Like go to like Jack Stack Barbecue or something. Okay, that sounds pretty yeah. good. And then you know maybe catch a Royals game or something. Mm. Actually, it'd be better to go to a Chiefs game. Like, okay, we're doing, okay, we're doing better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Um, do you kind of collect CDs or vinyls or anything like that? I did for a little bit. I, I kind of um, my my uh my collector's bug sort of shifts every now and again. So like the last thing I really collected. I'm looking around down in our basement right now. Uh, probably Lego kits. Okay. We were tracking uh, my record digital vein. Um, we were doing it here at the house. And we'd go through periods where my my producer, Andy, would need to, like, 
you know, just do some busy work on the computer that I was, you know, didn't involve me having to be active in the room. So I would come out into the main area and just be like, I'm really bored. There's nothing to do. And he's got to listen to stuff. So I can't put the TV on. And mm -hmm. uh, so I bought like a little Lego kit, like a $60 thing and put it together. And it's like, oh, I look like, oh, I burned like 30 minutes doing that. And so then it turned into like, buying these giant kits like i've got the roman coliseum over here and wow okay be uh working intermittently about six months like it, it's such a money and time suck but it is it is fun if you if you enjoy like being able to just mindlessly do stuff so um but hobbies now more than anything that's probably it actually yeah i think it's still legos so lego if you're listening Send me some free stuff. <laughs> we need a, a David Cook uh, minifigure. That's right. <laughs> Make this happen. I'm in. Uh -huh. um, actually, I have a friend who's really into to Lego sets, and um, uh, I'll yeah. talk shop all day. I love it. <laughs> I was really into Legos as a kid, and I kind of dropped off for a decade. You know what's funny? I hated them as a kid. Could not really get at all. It took me. Yeah, my getting into my thirties to be like, all right, I'm in now. <laughs> Jesus, that's funny. Um, so I know this is kind of an annoying question, but I have to ask. Okay. Um, it's been eight years since your last album. Are you anywhere near album mode? So annoying. No. Uh, has it been eight years since my last full? It's been eight years. I. Yeah, it's sort of trying to like I love making albums. I really do. It's it's mm -hmm. sort of trying to figure out what the best way to coexist with this current environment. I, I don't I don't know that records um I, I do take a while between projects anyway. And so mm -hmm. I, I think to really sit down and do a record record would almost take too long now with with the current like musical appetite so uh, i've really sort of leaned into the eps and the digital singles and stuff like that and um i i i appreciate the parameters of it a little bit it's like all right you're making like a mini record when you make an ep mm -hmm. so you have to be a little more concise with your storytelling um which um for me isn't the worst thing in the world because i could talk all day so um yeah, I don't know. I don't know when when uh, another full length is in the cards. I know I've got some stuff together right now that, uh, mm -hmm. um, as of now, will probably exist as an EP. But if uh, if I start, you know, getting a uh, getting the inspiration at a pretty a pretty decent click, that can turn into a full length in short order. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. If, I'm not I'm not actively working on a full length record right now that's the concise answer to your question okay okay yeah it's kind of interesting you brought up the musical landscape on why you don't think kind of lps fit in that anymore do you think people's kind of attention spans are worsening or do you think there's too much music coming out that you don't think making a whole album is worth it um i mean listen like you know it's it's not quite the revenue generator that it used to be you know, and it's mm. still not cheap to make good sounding records. Um, 
So yeah, I, I, I you know, it, it becomes a bit of like, all right, is it worth it to drop, you know, five, six figures on, on a promotional tool, which is effectively what mm -hmm. the record has become. Um, yeah, because people don't, really, you know, people don't really buy it. It's it's streaming and streaming uh, revenues kind of present their own particular set of problems. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what the consumer has, has, you know, hung their hat on. And, um, and ultimately in this, in this business, it is a, a consumer based industry, we are, we are a service industry. So if, uh, if that's how the audience is listening to music, then it is up to us to figure out how to get that to them and, and, you know, hopefully make enough to where we can make a living at it and mm -hmm. go out on the road and perform these songs for people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I could, I could, I could piss in the wind, you know, and, and keep making records and go broke doing that. So, uh, mm. yeah, I think it's, it's more just, uh, you kind of gotta, you kind of have to navigate, you know, the, the public's appetite for, for what you're doing and figure out the best way to put it out there. So. Somebody's going to figure it out and make a million dollars. I just, or a billion. <laughs> I, I haven't figured it out yet. Um, that is kind of interesting. You were talking about you were able to kind of pack more punch into your songs, if you will, mm -hmm. in an EP because you have so much less time mm -hmm. to get across what you want to. Um, so, how does that kind of change how you kind of your approach to songwriting? Um, it doesn't necessarily change my approach to songwriting. It does change my approach to putting songs on records or putting songs on EPs. Like, you know, if you think about it with like a full length, you have, you have your single or singles, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you have like maybe your songs that like fans love um, that, that aren't released as singles, but are, are important parts of the record. And then you have like deep cuts. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that, the luxury of deep cuts exists much anymore. Mm, uh, okay. So it's, it's more about just being a little more aggressive in, 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 in trimming the fat, I guess. Uh, I hate saying that cause it, it dismisses some of my favorite songs are deep cuts and mm -hmm. so calling them fat is like, I, I, I struggle with that, but I mean, ultimately, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, you kind of have to, you have to pass a higher bar, I think. Mm. And when you only have six, five or six spots on an EP, it's like, all right, well, I want these songs to be the best representation of what I'm doing creatively and where I'm at. Um, and I love this song over here, but it doesn't really fit this, you know? Um, the good part about it is I'm accruing quite the uh, catalog of B-sides. So maybe mm -hmm. they'll find that the light of day someday. Okay. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. So that was my last official question for you. It's great. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that I didn't um, have a question about? Um, man, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to come out there and play. I've, I've, I've been, uh, I've, I, on, other than being warned about the not wearing blue, which is fine. Um, I, I've been told nothing but, uh, but good things about this, uh, this event and, uh, and Raleigh. And, and so, uh, uh, 
yeah, I hope people come out. I'm excited to to perform for everybody. Sounds good. Um, do you mind letting our listeners know um, where they can find you on social media? Sure. Uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called at, at the David Cook. Uh, I am on Instagram, uh, David Cook Official, as well as on Threads, David Cook Official. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Meta or whatever that's called now. Uh, at uh, I believe it's just David Cook. Or maybe it's David Cook Official. I should know that and I don't. Uh, or you can find all that information out at davidcookofficial.com. See, I know that. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, everyone over here at NC State, if you have the chance, um, come out the 26th and um, go see them live. Great music. Um, it's free. You have no reason not to go. Exactly. You have no reason not to. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Hello everyone, you are listening to WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Rally. We are a student-run organization over here at NC State. I am Kiva Wilson and this is Off the Record.